Hello everyone and welcome to the Banter Roundtable podcast. This is your host, Ben Cohen. And I'm Bob Seska. And I'm Justin Rosario. The Banter Roundtable podcast is brought to you by the Banter Newsletter. We rely on our generous subscribers to keep going, so please support us by signing up for a Banter membership today. You can get a 50% discount when you join the community and you'll get access to all our premium articles and locked archive. You will also be supporting independent, responsible media at a crucial time when our democracy is in peril. Your support is greatly appreciated. everybody and welcome to episode 87 of the banter roundtable podcast i'm joined by justin rosario justin how are you today uh it's a peachy peachy week georgia peachy georgia peachy so we have a a great show for you today trump is indicted again fourth time fourth time (laughs) i'm on extremely serious state charges in georgia for conspiring to overthrow the election there unlike the other indictments trump cannot get a pardon there so we're going to discuss this and more uh, on the latest What Crimes Has Trump Committed Today saga. Uh, we talk of vulture capitalism in Maui after the horrific fires there. Republicans self-sabotage after they take aim at abortion pills just in time for the 2024 election. The implosion of Ron DeSantis, our fascist of the week, and finally, a ray of sunshine. Um, also, the Emergency Meeting Podcast. This is uh, our podcast for Banter members, exclusive to you all. We're going to be talking about Republican Jesus. How Christianity became too woke for conservatives. So, Justin, a an exciting week again. Just another week in American politics where a former president gets indicted for trying to overthrow an election. This was a... wait. Has it, this has happened before? Right. This no, is. I don't know. Hmm, I think it's happened at least yeah. once, twice, three, three times. This is this is three times this has happened before no, now, right? No, 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 Justin, it's four. We're on the fourth. Oh, this is the fourth one. Fourth one. Right. I, I, damn, I, do I have that many fingers to count? Man, damn. So, so this this time, Trump was indicted on 41 counts. Uh, some of them, there were 18 other co-conspirators in this. So well, Trump got indicted on 13 counts. Altogether, yes. they were 41 indictments for a oh, split among all of the defendants. The 18, there were 18 other Republicans and... Yeah, so, <laughs> so the RICO charges, like these are RICO charges, which means RICO stands for can you your bloody acronyms, America. I know this is this is a weird one. This is a this is a mouthful. Racketeer influenced and corrupt organizations. So here we are. This is Georgia RICO charges are, very, are much, much broader and harder to, to get out of than federal RICO laws. So basically, this means Trump is kind of screwed. Here. He really he did got, pick the wrong state for this. Yeah, there's no chance like of the no worst state. Yeah, who's gonna who's gonna pardon him? He can't get pardoned. Nope, he really can't. He can't get pardoned by the governor. He can't get part. He can't pardon if the president can't pardon him. So if even if Biden wanted to pardon him, he can't. If he were to win somehow in 2024, he can't pardon himself. The governor can't pardon him. Because he doesn't, the governor doesn't have that ability in Georgia. Georgia is one of the few states where the governor does not have the ability to pardon people. It, mm. It's it's up to um, uh, an independent board that's separate yeah. from the, the the well separate from the governor, and the in, in, even they can't pardon somebody for five years. Like they have to, if they if they have to if, like they have a ten year sentence, they have mm. to serve five years of that sentence. 
they they have to, right? So and there's no preemptive bargains. They can't just say, yeah, you know what, we'll just let you off the hook before anything happens. Nothing. There's just there's no pardons here for him or anybody in, in, involved in this case. If they get convicted, they have to serve time unless, however, um, the judge has the ability to convert prison time to probation. But like we were discussing before the show, if these guys get, you know, 20, 30 plus years, I mean, there's a lot of counts here. If they get 30 years in jail, I'm having a hard time believing that the judge is going to be like, that's okay. I'm just going to give you three years probation. That's, I, I just don't see that happening. And the, even if the, the judge the was really- thing is, he's the, the only issue I have with this, right, is if you look, I wrote about it this week about how Ben Shapiro is gaslighting America, which is really not so much about Ben Shapiro, but what the right is using, how they're trying to basically get Trump out of it. That's the way I see this. They're creating this campaign to distort the narrative about what's happening to Trump, that this is, you know, they're saying, yeah, Trump may have done a couple of bad things, but what this really is, is an overreach of democratic power. Democrats are using the power of the government, uh, the, the Department of Justice. This is a coordinated deep state conspiracy to target a political opponent. So that's what they're saying is the main crime here. Uh, so, and they aim to take this war as far as it, can go to its logical conclusion which hopefully doesn't mean violence but um it's a very dangerous strategy for the country because this does mean some poor judge is going to have to decide like do i imprison this guy and spark a civil war or do i try and get him out on some technicality right what that's what they want well right their whole thing is i mean they're fascists right their whole thing is undermining the rule of law it's it's we can use the rule of law to put our opponents in jail but yeah. if you dare to hold us accountable for our many, many obvious crimes, well, that is that's illegitimate, right? It doesn't matter what we do, what mm. when we do it, it's not a crime. That's their entire mindset. Just like yeah. when Democrats are in office, it's not legitimate. Their whole thing is the opposite. When we break the law, it's legitimate because we broke the law. Therefore, it's fine. Yeah, and. There are lots of, I mean, in, in the piece that I wrote this past week, I, this talking point is circling through right-wing media at breakneck speed. So, and, and you're getting more and more intellectuals are trying to come on board, you know, Lindsey Graham and, and Ben Shapiro. And now you've got that Twitter files journalist, Mike, uh, Michael Schellenberger. Oh, that asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, his piece was, it was so ludicrous and, and so poorly sourced and, that you, I can't believe anybody takes it seriously, but that's not the point, right? The point is not to be taken seriously. The point is to provide propaganda and and contrarian talking points uh, to distract really the public from what's going on, right? So it's, I think, you know, I quoted Tim Paul, that uh, lovely <laughs> right? Are you okay? Yeah, but 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 he's, he's right about this. He's 100% right. He says, does anyone think this will stop pro-Trump sentiment in, the, in this country? The only path forward is escalation. Either Trump is a cult leader trying to overthrow the US or Democrats are engaged in seditious conspiracy to steal power. Take your pick. Either way, it will be escalation. I agree 100%. It's e- that, that, those are your two choices, right? Those are your two choices. Either you believe Trump is a cult leader trying to overthrow the US, that's what I believe, or the Democrats are engaged in a seditious conspiracy to steal power. So, fine. But... 
what cannot happen, the Democrats and the, the, the legal system cannot buckle under this kind of pressure. It absolutely cannot. It has to see this through, that, that this guy has to go to jail because the consequences are, it's going to be tough, Right, but it's the end, you know, as we've talked about, if he gets out of this, that's the I mean, it's kind of carte blanche then for anyone to do whatever they want. It, you're, you're exonerating the greatest criminal president in history. I mean, he's, I can't think, there's no other president that comes anywhere close to what Trump did while in office or who tried to overthrow the government. So, this is, you know, I, I am worried about what's going to happen over the, the coming months and how hard this propaganda is going to go because Trump is, only knows escalation. That's it. Well, uh, the reverse is also true, which is why Republicans are so worried. And we, we talked about this last week, right? Republicans have gone decades, almost like half a century at this point, with almost no accountability for the yeah. things that they've done all these yeah. years, right? Most of my life, they've gotten away with things that would put almost anyone else in prison for the rest of their lives. And they've gotten away with it because we don't hold Republicans accountable. And the same thing with white conservative men, right? I mean, the Bundys pointed guns at federal agents and they walked away with, without bullets throughout their body, much yeah. less going to jail. Right. So this is just a thing in this country, right? You can't, you can't hold a black lives matter poster and say mean things to the cops without the cops cracking your skull open but God help you, if you're a white man, you're an entitled white man pointing guns at federal agents. You could just get it. You could just walk away, uh, you know, unless you actually start pulling the trigger, at which point they're going to shoot you. But what they're worried about, and they should be worried about this, is all these people are going to jail if Trump also goes to jail. The thing they keep saying, if they can do it to Trump, they can do it to you. That's a very, very real concern for them. And and they should be very, very worried about it because once you really shatter that myth of white privilege and invulnerability, well, why do we look the other way at Republican corruption and crime? Why do we look away from white nationalist violence and not put these people in jail for the rest of their lives? Once you stop doing that, all half their power is gone. Right. right. It's just gone. They can't do the stuff they do anymore. They can't rig elections. They can't steal people's votes. They can't threaten violence and just be like, well, it's my political speech. It's like, no, that's terrorism. You don't get to do that anymore. Uh, Republican white guy. You don't get to act like this anymore. There's consequences now. And now you have to face them. And they're really, really worried about that for that. And we should be very, very hopeful that that's how things go. I know they want to escalate, but they should escalate to the point where the country just reacts and says, no, we're done with this. No more. Yeah, and that's what I'm hoping is going to happen, that common sense prevails, that there are enough people who are like, look, no, we can't we can't do this. Uh, this it this has should, to stop. This, this shit has got to stop. And that, 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 that is the only choice with somebody like Trump. Like it's it's either Trump or democracy. I mean, this is every serious commentator, any any person that worth their salt in, you know, intellectual prowess or whatever you want to call it, right? Anyone who's got half a brain um, is saying the same thing, right? This either tr Trump or democracy. Like, take pick, you know, take a pick, right? Who, what do you want? 
because you can't have both. You can't have a, a Trump wrecking, you know, the institutions of government, wrecking the civil service, pushing the legal limits, stepping over every legal limit you could possibly think of, and then and getting paying a price for it. Oh, yeah, you don't pay a price, then that means what does the country even stand for? What does the rule of law mean? It doesn't mean anything. So I think that, like, yeah, that that's really what we've got coming up. And the Georgia indictment, I mean, if you read through that thing, it's... It's, it's brutal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's a, about as clear-cut a criminal conspiracy as you could possibly imagine. I mean, they've got him on racketeering, conspiracy to throw overthrow an election. I mean, it's... it's it's a lot <laughs> yeah but lots and lots of very easily provable lies like especially if some of these some of the other 18 flip and say yeah. yeah no they told me to do this so yes i was working with to do this it's just it just gets worse from there yeah yeah it really is so i i recommend that people read this and there's a good chance that the georgia trial is going to be televised and good. Yeah, it's not a federal court. It's a state court, which means they are allowed to do that, and there's no reason for them not to. Yeah, and I think they absolutely should, because then we're going to see all the evidence. We're going to see what they have against him, and they're going to get, you know, the, the public will be subjected to, they might not like it, but there's going to be a lot of information uncovered. And it's not going to, Trump is not going to come out of this well. Well, all. it's already having an impact, and this is like um, the, the uh, we like we discussed before the show. The AP released a poll, and this was before the Georgia indictments were handed uh, were handed down. Um, he's got Trump has a sixty two percent unfavorable and thirty five percent favorable, right? So that's just the Republicans, but that means sixty two percent of the country does not like Trump, yeah. and that's going to translate into a really not good night for him on election night, twenty twenty four. Yeah. And this is before the trials start. The trials right. are just going to pile on and make it worse. You know, he's he's going to have that core base of Republicans. It's like he could literally murder a child on TV and they would say, well, he did it in the name of Jesus because it's biblical. It's fine. Yeah. We still love him. But if you look yeah. at the rest of the GOP field, I mean, this is where I think the problems are, right? That the, the GOP, the establishment again, he's going to have no choice other than to go along with Trump because look at the rest of these losers. What was Chris Christie on? We talked about this before the show. Uh, the Chris Christie is imploding. Not Chris right. Christie, DeSantis. DeSantis. So Sorry, DeSantis is imploding. Yeah, he's down to 18%, and he was the only one that was even close. Yeah, he's been overtaken by Chris Christie. And in Chris New Christie Hampshire. Yeah, Chris Christie in New Hampshire. Chris Christie's entire platform is, is calling Trump out for his bullshit, which is going to be, I think Chris Christie is on a suicide mission, and I've finally got a bit of respect for the guy, because I think he knows deep down that he can't win this at all, but he's going out to cause maximum damage to Trump. And, oh, and Chris absolutely. Christie, yeah, Chris Christie's no fool, he's a smart guy, like, he's a former prosecutor, right, so he knows, you know, he knows his way around a legal argument. It's quite impressive listening to him break down cases. Okay, he's going to have a field day when they start these trials because he's going to be out there every single day saying, well, this is what happened and this is what Trump did and this is how he's guilty and this is why, blah, blah. I, I, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to it because what are they going to call him? A liberal? 
yeah, liberal Chris, Chris Christie. It's like, yeah, no. Yeah, Chris Christie is a hardcore conservative. And and I also bet he's, I think the role that he could potentially play, he's got no chance of convincing the diehards that. Oh, and he knows it. Yeah, he knows that. But what I think he will be able to do is peel away enough. Um, uh, what's the word? I think he'll he, he'll be able to peel away enough moderates and centrists to to at least limit the damage. Yeah, and they don't have to vote for Biden. They just have to stay home. Yeah, just don't vote. The, the only issue is whether he like goes out and then endorses Trump and says because this is what I believe. This is why I wrote about Ben Shapiro this week because Ben Shapiro's whole thing is, you know, he doesn't like Trump, but he, the Democrats are so, according to Shapiro, so insane that you have to vote for Trump to stop, you know, Democrats transing your kids and turning them into lesbians or whatever it is. Yeah, that's bullshit. That's just I want to vote for Trump, but I don't want to say I want to vote for Trump, so I want no. coming up with an excuse to vote for Trump. Right, 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 right. And that's Ben Shapiro's role. And I'm what I hope is that people like Chris Christie, because he's making the argument explicitly, he's saying this guy is not fit for office. You cannot have someone who's done this running for office. And Mike Pence has said the same thing as well. Mike Pence is amazingly saying the same thing, that this guy should not be anywhere near the White House. So we'll, enough. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Whether whether it, when Trump wins, which he will, uh, whether they support him, whether they get behind him, God, imagine he didn't. <laughs> I, I, what he didn't win the election? If he didn't win, no. If he didn't win the nomination, like imagine he didn't, or he just redrew, withdrew for some reason. That would just be beyond insane. Like that that would turn twenty twenty four into Biden's probably going to win. Into Biden's going to win. Like I don't know. 40 of 50 states. It would just be an absolute massacre. If I was Republicans, yeah. I would just like, I'm not spending any money because why waste them? Why throw the money away? Right, right. But the you know, thing is, Trump is going to... Here's one thing. I hate to say this. i got to say that you got to give it to Trump. The guy really does not back down. He's, he's, he's politically, he is tough. Right? Like, He's not looking for a plea deal, nothing. He just wants to escalate. Everything's escalation. Escalation. Well, he's escalation. a psychopath. So yeah, he's yeah. Totally deranged, but he is the guy is tough. I'll give him that. Well, you know, let, let him let him tough guy himself into a life sentence. Yeah, and I, I sort of view it in, in very much a similar way as somebody like Vladimir Putin. In that Vladimir Putin, this is what you, you cannot negotiate with fascists. You cannot um come to agreements with them or given plea deals or anything like that. They have to be fought, confronted, beaten. That you don't fascism doesn't end through negotiation. Fascism ends through force. Right? Yep. Always and, punch the Nazi. Yeah, right. This is I get this. I mean look I, I feel like I'm a peaceful person and I don't like conflict or violence, but I will say that in the face of fascism, yeah, I'm all for it. I'm all for fighting fire with fire. You, you, you know, no, there's no turning the other cheek. No, because they'll just stab you on the other side as well. Yeah, yeah. So it has to be fought, and that's why Trump. This is why, like anybody, anybody who I know who's a Trump supporter, I'm not. I'm no longer friends with because I'm like, okay, yeah, but you're a fascist, so I'm not going to. We, we can't speak anymore. Yeah, there's, there's no, there's no upside to you. Yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, he likes dogs. That's nice. You're still a fascist. Go fuck yourself. 
yeah. right exactly so i feel like this is the only way to deal you know to deal with trump is to is to again to beat him he has to get beaten and put in jail before this ends and it won't end until that happens and hopefully and he'll that... get beaten after he's in jail but I'm... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I'm going to be fat. It's going to be such an interesting and frightening time these next 18 months. It really is. I, I am simultaneously absorbed and fa fascinated by this, but also I'm getting my passport ready. So uh, I don't know. No, I'm going to stick it out. I'm going to stick it out. I don't, listen, I, I love America. I'm I'm going to see. You know, I stayed after 2016. Uh, yeah, I think I still believe in democracy. I still believe that America is a great country, and that it will overcome this. This this is a great. This is truly is a great evil that that is happening right now. Um, I don't, there's no other way of describing it, right? That, that, that what Trump represents is as as Tim Paul said, you know, make your choice, <laughs> make your choice. So anyway, let's move on. Uh, we're going to now be talking about the what's happening in Maui. So there was this terrifying fire in Maui, uh, which was, I mean, really upsetting. So I've been to Maui as well. It's an unbelievably beautiful island. Yeah, so have I. It's gorgeous. Yeah. So it, this is, I'm going to play a clip. This is from uh, a Maui resident, Tiara Lawrence, who talked to uh, NBC, this was a couple of days ago, about real estate investors reaching out to residents after destructive fires on Maui. Here, we're going to listen to this. Um, I think right now we just need the prayers and, you know, we need the the money to rebuild our town. This is going to be a long, long road ahead of ahead of us. And um, we're just trying to fundraise and, and, and make sure that the displaced families can go back home one day. Um, there's a lot of real estate speculation happening right now that is really frustrating. And I just want to remind all you real estate investors around the world like Lahaina is not for sale um please don't reach out to these families and take advantage of them during the most devastating time of our lives you know we just heard from our reporter and, and from a couple of, of women who say that they were upset about what tourists were doing now you're telling me that there are real estate investors reaching out to people about their property uh, what's going on exactly yes homeowners have been reached out by investors and realtors offering to buy their land and this is disgusting, disgusting. And we just want to make sure that people around the world understand our situation and know that Lahaina is not for sale. It is important that the multi-generational families that come from Lahaina get to continue to live in our hometown. So there's that going on. Yeah, I remember they kind of did. I remember they did something like that in Florida after the last yeah. hurricane. But that that's really? just vile new orleans this is what happened this is naomi klein wrote a great book about this called the shock doctrine and it's about disaster capitalism how capitalism comes in and takes advantage of these tremendous shocks with this great chaos and and uh, investors speculators investors come in buy up assets at rock bottom prices this happened after new orleans and katrina where they basically investors just came in bought up loads of land and property uh destroyed property and uh just to at rock bottom prices to desperate people people were just desperate to to get some money um and it's completely transformed a lot of these neighborhoods where they're now you know they're now rich neighborhoods there's been a lot of gentrification displacement of poor people 
it, it's terrible. This is what this this kind of capitalism. This this is neoliberal capitalism. Is is one of the most toxic forms of uh, economic ideology that I've in human history that does this. And I think that we're seeing this play out now in Maui as well, where I'm like no conscience whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, I'm no conscience whatsoever. You wait for a disaster, you step in, buy up assets at rock bottom prices, uh, and yeah, move on. Like this is what this is, and this is why wealth inequality persists because people with assets, people with massive amounts of assets, just wait for, for a disaster and then go and pick up everything at rock bottom prices that's how that's how the game works stock market crashed you know after 2008 um this is what they did this is what wealthy people did that they bought up stocks and shares at super low prices they now own more wealth than they they've ever done in in history so the rich are now richer than ever uh, and the situation just keeps compounding itself where we have, and I mean, Maui is a sort of a microcosm, right? It's not like happening on a macro scale. The fire is obviously devastating, but this isn't something as, uh, this is not an economic disaster on the scale of the 2008 crash, but you look what happened there, but what, the same thing is happening. The exact same thing is happening, but this time there's actually people who've like lost their houses and lost their, you know, they, it's been burnt to a crisp, and there are people, I don't know what the death toll is now, but it's quite high. At least it's, over it's bordering on 100, and there's like a thousand people missing or unaccounted for. Excuse me, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, right, I mean, I think this is another sign that this economic system we live under really has some serious problems. I, I don't know how you do, I don't know how you protect against this kind of nonsense, but they're, well, they're, we, well, we that's easy, that's it's easy, eat the rich. Yeah, That's or, or eat the rich. <laughs> that works. I mean, there must be something done to protect protect people against these kind of scavengers, basically. Like this is I mean, it happens this is what gentrification it happens gentrification. Washington DC is a prime example of that. Where you've got like a lot of um, black neighborhoods in DC uh, generate, you know, they families have lived there for generations, and then you get a developer comes in and says, Hey, I'll offer you this and uh uh, oftentimes it's some very poor households so they take the money and then almost overnight the neighborhood is no longer black right it's 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 pretty sad i don't i just don't, i don't know quite what you do about this but it, it's uh it's a it's a serious problem and that's probably what these investors want for maui they want to they look at these places with you know indigenous uh, hawaiians who are living there and they think you know what that's prime tourist real estate so if we can scoop that up, we could make ourselves hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, any anybody who has the means, donate to some, um, donate to a reputable organization. I know the Red Cross is doing good work there. Uh, there's, there. I'm sure there are, I don't know, I haven't looked into it too much about um, uh, funds to go to the residents, but I'll, I'll try and leave, I'll leave a link in the, um, uh, in the show notes as well today on, on the Substack. So please, do that and make sure the money goes to the residents. Anyhow, uh, let's move on from from that. Uh, we're going to be talking now. We're talking about Republican self sabotage. This is they taking aim at abortion pills just in time for the twenty twenty four election. Yeah, that Could seems like a really gonna, bad idea. <laughs> this is probably one of the worst ideas. This is what lost them. Their, their disastrous midterms was a direct result of the repeal of Roe Ro versus Wade. 
So this is from the Washington Post. The federal appeals court said Wednesday that it restrict access to widely used abortion medication after finding that the federal government did not follow the proper process when it loosened regulations in 2016 to make the pill more easily available. The Food and Drug Administration's decision to allow the drug Mifepristone to be taken later in pregnancy, be mailed directly to patients and be prescribed by a medical professional other than a doctor were not lawful, a three-judge panel on the, of the conservative U.S. Courts of Appeal for the Fifth Circuit ruled. Mifepristone will remain, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, uh, will remain available. So. Yeah, will remain available now under existing regulations while the litigation continues in accordance with the Supreme Court order this spring. The Justice Department said it will go back to the Supreme Court to appeal Wednesday's decision, which will only partially upheld lower court's judges ruling in favour of a coalition of anti-abortion challenges. I mean, these talking points for Democrats and Joe Biden heading into 20, they're just writing themselves. Yeah, now they're not trying to ban it outright. They're just trying to make it more difficult to get on the basis of lies, by the way. like They're saying it's like, oh, there's safety concerns involved, blah, blah, blah. None of that's true. Absolutely none of that's true. They know this is safe. This drug has been used for years. This is not like something that just got whipped up a couple, like, you know, 10 years ago. This stuff has been... In, this stuff has been used for a really long time. So it's been like 20 years it's been in the... I'm sorry. It's been approved in the United States since 2000. France has been using it since 1988. Right? They know this is safe. Okay? So the whole thing goes, oh, there are safety concerns. No, there aren't safety concerns. What there are are Republicans who want to try to limit it because it makes abortion very easy to do and you could do it at home, and you can't really stop someone from doing it, right? Because you can get it through the mail. That's what Republicans are worried about because they want to be able to ban abortion in their states. And you can't ban it if you can get a pill in the mail. That's right. their So going into an election year where they know for a fact that their abortion bullshit has been utterly kneecapping them. And they're doing this, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's insane. It's like right. just stop talking about it, and maybe people, mostly women, will stop being quite so angry because it's not being thrown in their face constantly. But this is like you're just walking up and kicking them right in the uterus again. It's like, good job. What are you doing? And this won't even stop it because the FDA could just do it again. Yeah, and this time. They'll address their several important concerns, blah, 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 blah. I mean, there's always so many times that the Republicans could pretend that there's safety concerns involved with a drug that's been being used by people for almost 40 years yeah. and yeah. 23 years in the United States. Right, right. But so yeah, I think go for it. <laughs> yeah, it does seem to me that this whole thing on, on reproductive rights is your what they're doing is essentially handing the election as bad as this is, it's you're just handing the election. To Democrats, general elections to Democrats for the foreseeable future, even state elections, right? How many state elections will like basically suburban women? Th th this is a key constituency for the GOP everywhere at a statewide level, you know, in cities. This is you cannot afford to to lose suburban women. No party can doing right? it over and over and over. They're just handing this stuff to the Democrats. It's absolutely crazy. But hey. Go for it, guys. Keep keep going. 
it, it is weird that Republicans and the press have not quite adjusted to that reality. They just keep seeming to pretend that abortion's not an issue. Republicans ran on abortion for almost half a century. Yeah. That was like their main thing when they didn't have anything else. They would rely on abortion and racism, abortion and racism. Yeah. And now that it's flipped and it's a Democratic single issue thing, well, not necessarily just a single issue, but it's a core issue now for Democrats. The press and Republicans just they're sticking their fingers in the ear and pretending la, 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 la. No, it's not. But it is. Mm. And they're just really don't want to acknowledge that new reality for some reason. Okay. Good luck with that. Good, good luck. Yeah. This to me, again, if I were head of Biden's strategy heading into 2024, that's all, I would just talk about that. I would talk about yeah, seriously. that seriously all day long. It's like, oh, Supreme Court's trying to take away more of your reproductive rights. Yeah. Are you going to yeah. vote for Republicans or are you going to vote for us? What do you want to do there? I forget where I saw it, but I think Trump was asked, like, how do you plan on getting women in 2024? And he just he didn't really couldn't really answer the question. What's he going to say? I'm going to take away more of their rights because that's what he's going to do. Yeah. 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 What's, your, what's your strategy? I don't even get what their strategy is. Other than, well, I know what this strategy will be. It'll be racism. They'll start talking about how black men <laughs> Well, I'll convince them that black men are going to come and rape them. That's what I'm going to do. And then we're yeah. going to make sure they can't get abortions. That's yeah. not a strategy, but okay, go for it. He'll do it. Whatever it is, he'll do it. Um, so look, let's move on. We've got our fascist of the week. This is, uh, this is, this is Marion County, Kansas. This is pretty uh, yeah, goddamn this, ugly. This is a terrible... This this was a terrible, terrible story. So this is what happened, right? There was a police raid on the Marion County record in Kansas. Um, this is a very small newspaper. And there was a police raid on the home of its editor during which officers seized, this is from the Washington Post, during which officers seized computers, cell phones, and documents. Um, the Post argues that this appears to be an episode of dangerous police overreach running counter to to a Kansas reporter's shield law, federal law, and First Amendment guarantees of press freedom. These protections exist for a reason. Professional journalists should not be hampered by government intrusion into legitimate reporting. The record's account of recent events shows not just why the police raid requires scrutiny, but also why local newspapers are so precious. Five officers, led by Police Chief Gideon Cody and two sheriff deputies, seized four computers from the record's office, disconnected its router, and also searched the home of co-owner and publisher Eric Meyer, making copies of his bank records and other personal materials. His 98-year-old mother, also co-owner, was distraught and died the next day. Uh, the home of Vice Mayor Ruth Herbal, 80, was also searched, and the police obtained a two-page warrant from Magistrate Judge Law Revire, saying the police were acting on probable cause to believe that identity theft and unlawful acts concerning computers had been committed involving a local restaurateur, Harry Newell. According to the record's account, a source had given it information about Miss Newell's drunk driving record and a reporter had logged onto a state website to verify it. The reporter identified herself and confirmed the information about Miss Newell. The newspaper concluded the information had come from Miss Newell's estranged husband and decided not to publish it. The information was relevant because Miss Newell was seeking a liquor license from the city and her history had been raised by Miss Herbal at a recent city council session. And the story goes anyway. This all looks very shady. It looks incredibly shady. Now, on top of that, 
Um, the paper has also previously investigated the police chief, and there's also information came out that the magistrate judge involved, Laura Viar, assuming I'm pronouncing her name correctly, has two DOIs of her own under her belt. And all of this is just super, super shady. Like, these are all people who should not have done what they've done, but they figured we have that ability, we have that power, and they don't like the local newspaper prying into their business, so they did it. And they figured no one would say anything because they're the, they're the authorities there, right? They're the judge, they're the cops. Who's going to say anything? And now, they're out, now they have to deal with it because now people are starting to look into their affairs. And that's not going to go well for them, I'm sure. Right. So I think this is, a, you know, this is a small, this stinks of small town, of small town corruption, um, big time. But it's also, this is, it really is a suppression of free speech. This is what actual suppression of free speech looks like, not the Twitter files nonsense. Right. This is what literal fascism looks like. It's yeah, like this you what, say this... you only get to report what we're comfortable with you reporting. Yeah. Right. right Otherwise right. we come and shut you down. Yeah. This is not the same thing as twi as Twitter making sure that Russian bots are, you know, don't get as far reach as they can and making sure that, uh, you know, child pornography is taken off the platform. This is not the same thing. This is what, again, this is what fascism looked like. We're not there yet, but give us a Trump White House, give us a Trump White House, and that's what's going to happen. I can guarantee it. Uh, just speaking of, um, whatchamacallit, it, it's come out that um, Twitter fought tooth and nail um, to try to get around the judge's order to not tell Donald Trump that Jack Smith had seized his Twitter account. Yeah. They fought tooth and nail for this because they wanted to make sure Trump knew about it. Now, Twitter has never done this before that we're aware of, but they fought really, really hard to let mm. Trump know, which kind of makes you wonder why. Like, what did they know what was in his um, his uh, Twitter DMs and his message and his um, drafts and all that mm. information that Jack Smith has that they really felt that Trump should know ahead of time that that information was being seized? Mm. They these are the guys now, mind you, this is the whole Twitter files was like, oh, suppression of speech and oh, look what Twitter's doing. Oh, political interference, blah, blah, blah. And somehow I feel like Glenn Greenwald and Matt Taibbi and the rest of them aren't going to say anything interesting about this. They're just going to go, well, you know, it's a private company. They can do whatever they want, which, you know, as long as it benefits Republicans, that's exactly what they believe. Right. So, right. One oh, wonders. Matt Toby is, is no longer as prominent as he was on Twitter. So I, I haven't paid attention to anything he said. Have you followed Toby at all? Uh, no, I haven't looked at it. I, I have him blocked because he's just annoying and he's just whiny. Yeah, I believe I kind of think that now he's sort of irrelevant. A lot of these Twitter files journalists have lost relevance now. Like Elon Musk has shamed himself so badly and made Twitter into such a laughing stock. Well, they hooked their they hooked their trail to the wrong horse. Yeah, they really did. They really did. Well, listen, it's time for our ray of sunshine. Ray of sunshine this week, Justin. This is oh your... yes, this is quite delightful. So over in uh, Massachusetts, uh, they passed the millionaires tax. Um, it wasn't a very big one, right? It was just a four percent tax on the state's wealthiest residents. 
Uh, and it will that accounts for one billion dollars of the state's fifty six billion dollar fiscal budget for twenty twenty four. And a portion this is from the this is from CBSnews.com. A portion of those funds will be used to provide all public school students with free weekday meals, which is amazing. Um, this is this is such a big. It's hard. I, I I can't. If you don't have kids and you don't have kids in school, like I, it's hard to explain this. How important school breakfast and school lunches are to kids who are food insecure. Like oh, yeah. I've seen this. In, in my kids' school, when kids don't get to eat and they're hungry, they're, they're tired, they can't focus, they can't concentrate, they can't work right, they get irritable, right? There's all these other problems. And Republicans are forever, nonstop, 24-7, trying to take away school lunches and school breakfast. They love doing this because... They love hurting kids that are not wealthy, right? They love inflicting pain on poor kids, even though, and I wrote about this once, at least half, if not more of them, are white kids in Republican uh, districts and communities. Mm. And because that's, that's who ends up, you know, utilizing free breakfast and free lunches. But Republicans are forever trying to take that away from them because it feeds into their net. One, they hate poor people. And two, it feeds into their narrative that it's, you know, black people are taking my government money, blah, 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 blah. Right. It's all garbage. But still, it's amazing that Massachusetts is doing this because it's such a huge help. And it helps. It helps um, working poor families. It helps like just straight up poor families. And it really hugely helps the kids. And that's a big deal, right? Because the whole thing, we want our kids to do well because they're they're the future, right? That's the whole thing. You help the kids. They grow up. They get their shit together. They can go on to be productive members of society because we made sure they had all the tools they needed, including food. Hey, Why yeah. is that such a hard thing? And right. Massachusetts and is doing it. You you have to pay for this stuff at some point anyway because these kids that don't get school meals and that are, that are go hungry, you know they don't last in school. They go out and they become you know they try to make money and by doing crime a lot of the time, right? That's one way of getting out of poverty of extreme poverty, and then they go to jail, which you have to pay for for your tax money, and that costs way way more. It, it costs more. So these are these are I, I I've never really understood this why. You would invest so heavily in jails, but not in like feeding kids and making sure that, that... because it makes them feel better. It, it, it's a it's a moral thing. It really is. It's like I'd rather pay ten times as much to punish someone I don't like than to help them. Yeah. And it's a sick, it's a sick, sick mentality. And I know it's not just the United States, but man, we got it bad here. It's really bad here. Is something seriously wrong with the American psyche about it? But. Yeah. You know, this is a wonderful thing. And that whole, oh, you know, you can't rich, you can't tax the rich forever. They run out of money eventually. It's like, you know what, man? You can tax, you can tax millionaires and billionaires at 4%. And at the end of the day, there's still going to be millionaires and billionaires. No one was hurt. Children were fed. Yeah. And you make a better society for everybody else. Exactly. We used to tax the rich at 90%. Yeah. Like everything they made over, 
I don't know, what was it? One million, two million, three million dollars was taxed at 90%. And there were still rich people. And that money got invested in the United States and built the greatest middle class the world has ever seen. We were like the envy of the world. And the rich were still rich. Like yep. none of them were poor somehow. I don't understand how that worked if they were being taxed so heavily that none mm-hmm. of them ended up poor. And the country grew. And yet now it's like, oh, tax the rich? My God, they'll starve. Please. So good on Massachusetts. Hell yeah. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is fantastic. Fantastic news. A model for the rest of the country. And I mean, it, it's still, you're not going to see this in probably in Alabama or places or, or deep red Who states. needs it more than anyone else? <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. This is the downside of the federal system, I think, that or the state system where you can't, these things that are, aren't um, evenly distributed. It's, I have a hard time when I try to explain, you know, like what it, living in America to someone in Europe, right, or in the UK, they say, well, isn't it like crazy? The poverty is terrible. Well, it depends on which state you're in. It really does. It, there are social services. They say, oh, there's no social services. Well, there are social services, but not in places like Florida. If you go to, you know, in Maryland, where I live, it's pretty, it's actually pretty good. You know, they've got a robust public education system. They've got welfare support. They've got um, uh, a lot of help for um, people with mental health issues. It's actually like a civilized country, Maryland. But then, you know what I mean? You, you, you go elsewhere in the States, you go down to Florida and it's not. You're in a completely different planet. And unfortunately, so you get these programs. It's done on a state level. You, you can actually do quite a lot. Some of the states are very progressive and other states are not. But Massachusetts, yeah, good for them. This is a model. Other states, keep your eyes on Massachusetts and see how this works. So anyway, Justin, we're going to be heading now into the emergency meeting podcast. The emergency meeting podcast this week, uh, it is an emergency. We're going to be talking about Republican Jesus. Jesus apparently now is too woke for uh, the for conservatives. There's I wrote about yeah. Insane. I, mentioned, I mentioned this this week in my column. I'm going to be talking a little bit about my experience with fundamentalist Christians in Oregon when I was there 20 years ago and what I saw there and uh, why I'm kind of not surprised. Um, I've got a few stories. I, I don't really want to talk about this in the main podcast because there's there's some some more personal stuff going on there, but. Um, Please head over there. We'll be talking about all of that. Um, you can get 50% off a Bantam membership. Uh, with your Bantam membership, you'll be helping support the, the banter that we rely entirely on your subscriptions to keep going. We're 100% independent. We don't take money from advertisers. We have no corporate sponsors. We have no billionaire backers. Uh, it's just us. So your help is greatly appreciated. And uh, we'll rest you. We'll see you next week. Oh, hold on one second. Before we wrap up, a little bit, little bit of humor here. It just popped up on Twitter. Um, it seems that uh, this is not super confirmed yet, but it's getting there. Most of Project Veritas staff has been fired. Not much of been ray of sunshine. We'll look, we'll cover this more in next week. Wow! Stay tuned for the story on Project Veritas. Oh, stay tuned for that one. Uh, right. We'll see you next week. Bye.